You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome back to another episode of Xtreme. My name is Zach. My name is Joey. And this is a podcast where we dig deep on your favorite video games and have a much calmer tone of voice. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, was th- I was thinking that to myself. <laughs> this is starting off calmly. I'm trying to be calm because I'm not at my own house recording and I want people to still see me the same way they see me and not the crazy <laughs> motherfucker who screams okay. and curses. This is public, Zach, guys. <laughs> this is public, Zach. This is how I sound at work. <laughs> Hello, how are you today? Tell me about your stocks and bonds. <laughs> Have you invested in your 401k recently? <laughs> that sounds like so much fun. I know, I'm a, I'm a flippin' riot at the office. <laughs> But enough about me and my office shenanigans. Let's talk a little bit about where we left off. Yeah. What did we do last time? I need a refresher, honestly. Last time we uh, started the eastern quadrant zone. That's true. We started moving eastbound. Yeah. Eastbound and down? <laughs> That's, That's the show, show right? right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there we go. So yeah, we ended up going and checking out some of the eastern area there. But um, I think we're going to pick up from halfway or so into yeah. that area yeah okay that sounds fair all right all right so i think we're gonna start off there take a quick break as we do and then get right back into it so give me one second i'll be right back okay
Fantastico. Another beautiful track by my man, JJP. That's me. <laughs> I don't know why I called you that. It just kind of sounded more like your radio name. <laughs> what my dad used to call me. <laughs> JJP? Yeah. Your dad's not that creative, is he? <laughs> Which is weird, because your dad is really funny. Yeah, I mean, that's just one of the things. That's fair. It probably is right. like, I'm probably sure like one of them is just random nonsensical gibberish. Yep. <laughs> Be like, hey, get over here. Harry Pothead style. <laughs> I mean, somebody needed to keep the legacy alive. <laughs> Speaking of keeping the legacy alive, gauntlet fight. <laughs> yes. God damn it. I am not good with these segues. <laughs> I, I think I'm getting substantially worse each episode. In segueing. Or better. Or maybe I'm getting depends, lazier. I'm not quite sure. You look at it. I, yeah, I guess we'll figure that out as we move along here. But let's talk a little bit about this first gauntlet that we left off at last time. Um, the only reason I wanted to call this particular gauntlet out is because there's a new, uh, well, new-ish for this game way of actually interacting with the enemies here. Um, there's, it's called like a slow release battle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know those slow-release capsules that sometimes just say, like, oh, it releases over 12 hours for longer-lasting relief? Mm-hmm. Or maybe some of you don't have heartburn like I do. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> If you don't, like that's good. Heartburn commercial. I was gonna say, if you don't, like, don't, don't get it. It's bad. I don't. I re- if I was a, had a Yelp review for heartburn, it'd be, like, zero stars. <laughs> <laughs> D- did not enjoy heartburn zero stars <laughs> but this fight uh i did enjoy because it's an interesting little dynamic that actually is made easier or harder by how quickly you actually take down these enemies right um so they're on a bit of a timer in that they'll spawn in after a set period of time uh-huh. um and the faster you take out the existing enemies the easier and more manageable the fight will be if you drag it out, it actually take a lot longer to take them down. They kind of compound on each other. Okay. And then it just makes the fight that much harder because they're yeah, not yeah, one-hit exactly. enemies. The faster, they're like the better. Maybe, they're like two to five-hit enemies, like even the ones, the big, the big-ass vines that kind of jump at you. Yeah. Uh, like having a bunch of those plus snipers off in the distance is just, it's a lot to handle. Yeah. But that's the beauty of this kind of fight. You... Are the really you are really in control of how easy or hard it is? Yeah, you. If you act fast, you can exactly. Do it. It's all about acting quick. Yeah. Um, but once you get through that, actually, you exit the little dungeon that we were previously in and uh, are greeted by the Anubis dog once again. Um, that we saw on the mountain before, who led us to the tr- the uh, initial traveler who told us about our mission. Yes, with pictures. Um, yes, with all that fun stuff. Um, <laughs> I initially didn't follow the Anubis dog off to the Traveler, right? Uh, because I was kind of distracted by the mountainous, no, the array of dead bodies in the water, <laughs> which was disturbing yet curious. I'm always scared um, to like follow like those things because I'm scared I'm not going to be able to come back and like explore, you know. That's the thing. Like, if you, I, I totally understand. I have that exact same thing. Like, if I go off on a main path, 
And yeah. then I noticed that I could have gone somewhere else. And I'm just like, well, shit, what did I just miss? Yeah. That sucks. I could have just seen, like, something cool that I didn't see. Right. It's not even, like, fear of the unknown. It's, like, FOMO. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> it's game FOMO. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah, so, actually, all what, the only thing that was over there was part of a... I don't even know what to call it. Like, an upgrade point? Because okay. you have to actually get four of these upgrade points to make right. it one full-on upgrade point. Yeah. So I was like, an upgrade quadrant? Yeah. Yeah, let's okay. go with that. Triangle? Yeah. Upgrade, yeah. That, that, yeah. Um, but once I backtracked and followed the Anubis dog, yes, it led me straight to the Traveler, who actually um, shows us, once we once he has taken down the rest of of these samurai frogs that were once in this area. By the way, it, like, shows him as a total badass here. Yeah. Um, he's, like, standing on top of at least ten dead samurai frogs. <laughs> so you know this dude is not effing around. He does not give a fuck. No, actually, and when you go up to see the Traveler, he's taking down the last one with ease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... And then proceeds to tell you where the rest of the cores are for the uh, for the eastern area. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, funnily enough, if you try talking to him again, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't uh, repeat or like say like normal uh, conversations in here. Uh-huh. Just kind of brushes you off. I like that. Yeah, but it's like, like my business is done. Yeah, but like, what if you miss it? <laughs> Well, it'd be weird considering it stays on your map. I guess maybe if you yeah. completely bl- zoned out and didn't even know what he was, what he said, right? Then you'd probably be in a bit of a pickle. That's why you don't make a sandwich when people are going to talk to you. <laughs> Much like in real life. Exactly. Unless they follow you while you're making the sandwich. In which case, why are you following me? Are you a dog? Yeah. Is this important? Maybe you need. Maybe you. <laughs> yeah. Is it so important that it needs to interrupt my peanut butter? <laughs> My PB&J? Yeah, don't eat my sandwich. Oh, no, it's probably going to be more like a ham, bacon, cheese melt. Oh, nice. That's pretty good. You should write <laughs> yeah. in and tell us your favorite sandwiches. That is the X. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to do that. <laughs> favorite sandwiches. I, don't, I mean, I love your sandwiches. Maybe, I don't know, unless you put weird stuff on it, like sauerkraut. Don't put sauerkraut on anything. It's bad. <laughs> For all you sauerkraut lovers out there, come at me. But no, sauerkraut is bad. I'm sorry, the entire state of Wisconsin. <laughs> Apparently that's like your favorite food. Really? Well, I went with my dad to Wisconsin and they just had like Rubens everywhere. And a key mm-hmm. ingredient for a Reuben is, a, is sauerkraut. That's weird. So they just had it everywhere. He's like, try this Reuben. I'm like, okay, it's this fucking sauerkraut on here. And I went to the bathroom and puked my fucking brains out. Gross. Good <laughs> yeah, story. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, thank you. I hope nobody was eating while they were listening to us. <laughs> oh, actually, no, I wish. I hope you are eating. You eat that sandwich and you like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as we move on past uh, the traveler here. Uh, the dungeon seemed to kind of, kind of be following a similar rule yeah. um, as, as you keep going through them. Um, they introduce at least one new thing per per area, but it, they don't stack on top of each other. Yeah. It's like a baseline of uh-huh. what a, of a dungeon is, 
and then one different thing. Like, yeah. for a dungeon that came up, they had, like, hidden switches and hidden platforms that came out of nowhere. But, like, for some of the other ones, it's, like, completely in the dark. Or the other ones, like, have different enemy scalings in them. But they all kind of yeah. follow a similar pattern. They're all underground. They're all, like, fairly compact in the area yeah. you search around. Um, and they have a pretty clear linearity to them. Yeah. Like, even if you branch off and go to a different area, uh, it usually ends like ends you back on the critical path. Yeah, yeah. So I'm starting to notice that there is a bit of similarity there. It's like kind of um, like just a gauntlet, as you said. Before. Yeah, exactly. So it's like a gauntlet, but now, I mean, I really hope they actually do switch it up more than just putting one new thing in each one. Right. Because I don't want to have to, like, skip over the dungeons, because I feel like that's a big part. Yeah. Of this game. Yeah, yeah. And, but I don't want to bore you guys and say, like, well, this dungeon did the same thing, and it has the same enemies, and they do the volumetric scaling of difficulty. Like, no, you guys don't want to hear that a hundred times. <laughs> Next episode, more Next dungeons. episode, <laughs> dungeons times a hundred. Good, hundred dungeons. Hundred dungeons. Um, but... This dungeon, one of the dungeons that we went into actually did introduce a new enemy, which got a little cutscene of its own. Um, a little backpack froggo. Yeah. Um, and this froggo actually throws potions that explode into five different directions, but all the directions are towards you. <laughs> um, it's not like in five like separate directions in different like northeast southwest areas it's right. all focused at you it's like a shotgun spray almost yeah um which is interesting uh to fight around with because you can just kind of again stay the course and stay far away from them and shoot them with your gun or if you are able to get in real close real fast and they arc it they they do like an arc throw mm -hmm. so if you're oh, able to get really up in there the attack is moot yeah, and you could like then you can't do anything. You could like slash the the shots with your sword, right? Yeah, and if you have the upgrade for it, you can actually dash through the shots too. Nice. So it really depends. It's a good, uh, good little. Uh, they give you options yeah. for how to deal with enemies like this, as opposed to just like I'm gonna just hit it head on. Right. So I appreciate that keeping that kind of variety in the enemy types. Yeah. Um, but as we move through here, there's like a problem that I just kind of noticed as I'm going through, um, some of the special skills, like when you get special skills through the upgrades, it's mm -hmm. not like explicitly shown to you that there is a cooldown on these skills. Right. You have to figure so it you out. Can't just, you can't just use them all the time. Mm -hmm. The only reason I figured out that there's a cooldown is because Eventually, after you overuse it, a red bar starts flashing in the top left corner of your screen, mm. which kind of indicates, like, you can't do special moves right now. Yeah. But that was not explained anywhere else. Which is interesting. I mean, I get that's kind of like a drawback of the way that they're, you know, conveying information. Right. Because there's only so much information you can convey in a picture. Yeah. Without, like, losing focus on what you want to tell them. Yeah, they just want you right? to figure it out. 
That's the thing. I I don't know if they want you to figure it out or they just couldn't explain it properly in picture format. I think I think it's kind of both. Maybe. Um, yeah. I think it's just a bit of a difficulty in explaining like, hey, there is a bar here for your cooldowns on these special skills without like saying that mm-hmm. outright with words. Right. And I think they they went into this game thinking like we're not going to have anybody speak. Okay, yeah. Like there's not going to be text per se that anybody says. It's all going to be visual. Yeah. So I guess when you stick to that kind of artistic, uh, that artistic framework for, you know, conveying information, it has its drawbacks. Mm-hmm. So again, not a huge problem, but it is something for the conveyance. Yeah. It kind of brings the conveyance down. I guess, like, since it's, like, not a huge thing, they didn't really, like, thought think they needed to do much with it, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. It's uh, an ancillary skill, uh, this special yeah. skill, so it's not, like, important. I mean, it's not not important, but it's not critical to playing the game that you understand how to use it. Uh-huh. You can get by just fine without it. Yeah, of course. I mean, there will be times when you might get a little frustrated, but you'll have a lot more. In, you would have a lot more enjoyment if that was more explicit. Yeah, and you'll you figure it out anyway. Yeah, and eventually, like I did. I mean, I figured it out yeah. because eventually, you look around the screen and you notice, like, oh, there's a big flashing bar in the top left. Um, what does that tie to? And then you kind of make the connection in your head. Uh-huh. But I mean, I still wanted to call it out. Because yeah. it's, it's again, it's just something that people need to be aware of as a downside, maybe, of this kind of information conveyance. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah. getting back to the style of the dungeons, um, something that I'd mentioned before, just kind of off, like, when I was mid-rant, is something that they really is kind of what I'm seeing as a, a uh, theme for how they scale the difficulty in these dungeons is uh, volumetric scaling. Okay. So what that means is <laughs> yes, they just... Yes, please explain. <laughs> let, let, me, let me back this up. In non-technical terms, I don't even know if this is the technical term for it, but I'm calling it that. Volumetric scaling. So they start off with a small handful of enemies, and then as the uh, dungeon area progresses and they need to scale the difficulty, they just throw more of the, that enemy at you. Okay, okay. So it's like volumetric difficulty scaling because the enemies aren't getting more difficult. Right. What's getting more difficult is the fact that there are more of them. Yeah. So having to deal with five or six as opposed to like one or two is a much different ballgame. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of an easy way to difficulty scale. Right. It's like a copy and paste. Exactly. But I mean like I can't – like because at the same time – I'm not going to be too mad because another way that they are difficulty scaling is by throwing in a different variety of enemy types. Yeah, there's, it's different, like they, like volumetric and also the other way. Yeah, like if they had just done volumetric where they had one enemy per area, <laughs> and it's like this is the enemy. Now the only way that to make this harder is to give you more of that enemy. Yeah. Like, no, that that would have been, like, what the actual fuck are you doing? That would just be, like, all right, an arcade game, like, Space Invaders or something. <laughs> yeah. Even Space Invaders at least had a couple different types of enemies. Yeah. Like, they at least had that 
like ship, like UFO at the top that went by really fast to give you extra points. <laughs> it at least had two different enemy types. Um, but yeah, um, I'm not trying to shit on it. I'm just calling it out. Call it. Call it um, what it is. But as we move through this uh, eastern section here, um, we found the rest of the Colossus, actually. Ooh, um, yeah. It's separated from its arm, funnily yeah. enough. <laughs> um, it's actually submerged nearly fully underwater and covered in moss. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a really cool, and um, they actually do that thing like uh, where you, you know, when you were a kid and you would put like a straw in water? Uh-huh. And you'd see that it bends. Yeah. And yeah, then, like, yeah, the perception yeah, yeah. of it looks like the straw is bending, but you pull right. it out and the straw is fine. Um, they actually do a similar style of that. Granted, it's still like an isometric kind of game. So yeah. you can only really do that uh, that trick so well. But it's like, yeah, it's good. Exactly. It's. I think it's done pretty well. At least the effect is there and yeah. the effort is there. Yeah, so I'm going to give it kudos. It shows the effort. Exactly. So it's kudos. It's very interesting. And it's more interesting, actually, from an environmental storytelling standpoint. Yeah. How did its arm get completely removed? The darkness or something. Maybe. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. But, I mean, it gets you It gets you thinking again, like a lot of the environmental cues do. It yeah. gets you thinking about, hey, how did this end up like that? And then you get more invested as the player to understanding, like, hey... I want to learn more about this. I want to keep playing. That's right. And that's the beauty of this environmental storytelling. Quite good, quite good. A very common theme in this game. It's a common theme, but it's a great theme because sometimes, like, a lot of games just kind of don't give that kind of attention or they don't have the type of game that can. And so it's just like. That's it. Or they just, like, to cop out and tell you the story, they just have, like, one person just say the entire story yeah, in, like, an this. exposition dump. Yeah. It's like, back in the day, like, this ancient god used to rule this land, and, like, god, no, this is the most boring way to tell a story. Yeah, that's, like, when they, you know that they don't really want to be doing that, they're just doing it because they have to. Yeah, like, unless you're, like, co- ha- like getting Samuel Jackson to read these lines... <laughs> Or something like that. Like, there's no way you're going to make just an exposition dump interesting like that. Yeah. So having it be like a piece-it-together kind of environmental storytelling puzzle makes you more engaged as a player. Totally. Because it kind of makes, like, the storytelling, like, understanding that a gameplay element. Yeah, it's part of, yeah, it's part of the game. Exactly. So it makes it even more fun in that way. Yeah. Right? I'd yeah. say so. Yeah. Especially, like, this kind of game, like, there's lots of puzzles and stuff. Like, that's one there's of the a... puzzles. Exactly. Figuring out what happened here is probably the biggest puzzle. Right. Because all we know is we woke up, walked through a gateway in the, the after realm or some shit, and a dog, Nuba's dog, is showing us where things are, but the dog may be, like, a sentience of the traveler. I don't know. <laughs> Like, we're figuring this all out. We're piecing it together. Yeah. Together. 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 <laughs> together. Um, okay. We're, yeah. mm, that sounds like, like heavy petting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, it, yes, as we move through here, 
Um, it pays to pay attention to all three layers of your map. Because I had a bit of trouble personally figuring out where some of these friggin' area cubes were. Yeah, it's not a very detailed map, <laughs> if you will. No, it's not. I mean, especially considering a lot of the ruins are underground. Yeah. And a lot of the... Uh, the uh, triangle pieces. Triangle cubes are underground with them. So you're trying to like maneuver to the best spot above ground. You're like, I don't know. Does this connect to that? Yeah. Um, I guess I'm in the area for it, but like, is it working? Like, I don't understand. It's just, you gotta really pay attention. Like before I didn't really pay attention to maps. Uh, but now I am. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So I think that was maybe a failing. I'm keep looking at it. Exactly. So I think that might've been a failing on my part. So I'm not sure. Well, but uh, you learned. You live and learn, yeah. and you know you're ha- hanging on the edge of tomorrow. We live and learn. <laughs> when when you fail or well you follow, Is that how that song goes. I don't mm-hmm. even know. There's gonna be like two people out there like yeah, crush forty. <laughs> <laughs> Love those guys. <laughs> um, but as we keep moving through here, there's some interesting enemy behavior. Um. As you actually reach a certain area with these backpack froggos, mm. um, there's a, like a mini cutscene actually of the backpack froggos like smiling, like looking at the potions that they have been throwing at you, yeah. um, without paying you any mind, actually. Uh, but then when you come near them, they get really aggressive. Right. So again, that little vignette is just more of that environmental storytelling, like. What's in the potion? Is it something that's brainwashing them? Are they, like, is this some kind of Kool-Aid situation? (laughs) Or are they, like, devoted to, like, I don't know. Are they people of science and they think you are not? I don't understand. I don't know. That's the whole thing. It's just weird and confusing. It's weird, confusing, and I love it. Yes. I love it because I'm trying to piece together a story as opposed to just somebody telling me outright what it is. Yeah, I like not um, knowing things. Exactly. It's kind of why like podcasts like Serial are really uh, popular. <laughs> because like they have that, like, oh, shit, what's going to happen next? Yeah, yeah. Because um, they want to know, and everybody's just curious. The, but you know uh, say about curiosity? Uh, yeah. It makes you a better person, so keep being curious. Yes, that is true. Nothing ever happens to curious cats. No. <laughs> no. No, they're fine. Yeah, humans are smarter than cats. We could we mm-hmm. could afford to be curious. <laughs> the moral of the story doesn't apply to us because we're not cats. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> God, I seriously really love Bo Burnham. So funny. <laughs> oh, is that a Bo Burnham joke? Yeah, when he was talking uh, about the fr- story of the frogs. Oh, that's, that would be such a Bo <laughs> joke. <laughs> the moral of the story is, is there is no moral. The story doesn't apply to us because we're not frogs. We're humans. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm a big fan of, again, I'm just calling out the environmental storytelling again. Yeah. Uh, but holy, I just realized what the timing is. We got to move forward. Yeah, um, do it. I think actually just going to take a quick break after this one little part here, if I can, if I may. Yes, you may. Um, it's just a minor, minor gripe that I have as we're moving through here. 
Um, if you tie uh, progression in-game to removing all the enemy obstacles from your area, mm-hmm. don't let me leave the area until it's done. Okay. Like, I feel like that's a very simple thing. If Well, um, that's usually the case. Right? That's usually the case, too, but I, I ended up going to an area where that was not the case, okay. and I was actually able to leave the gauntlet area, okay. but I was not able to, like, proceed much farther. Uh. Um, because as I moved around, like, I could leave the, what I assumed was the gauntlet area, mm-hmm. but I could not leave the area. Right. So then I had to go back and I trekked around and I looked at other stuff. Yeah. yeah, like, did I miss something? And then an enemy popped up. I'm like, oh, did I miss you? But that's the thing. Like, it didn't pop up. Yeah, that's weird. Um, Could be a little glitch yeah, in the game. That's the thing. It might have been. Because some of these enemies just, they don't, um, some of the enemies don't attack you until you get into their area. So they'll just kind of, like, stay hidden, right? Right. So yeah, a lot of those yeah. plant plant enemies, for sure, they like try to stay hidden because that's their mo. But if it's a gauntlet like that where I have to defeat all the enemies, you shouldn't have a hiding enemy, right? Because then nothing nothing happens. All you're doing is the enemy's not hurting me. Mm-hmm. I'm not progressing, and we're just wasting each other's time. Yeah. Speaking of wasting time, I think we need to take a break. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and the, put a little bit of music on here. Oh, so yeah. that our traveling passengers can enjoy a little bit of music as they travel through the eastern area. Oh, I love that song. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love good? that that's song. That's, it's my, that's my favorite. Is that good? good. That beat. Oh, yeah. That's oh, I, do lo- I do love the Beatles. That's <laughs> <laughs>
welcome back. Hey. I was <laughs> so delayed. Maybe I should like ask you if you're recording before I do that. Yeah. yeah. I heard welcome back and I'm like, oh shit, record. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'll give you a little heads up next time. No, it was fun. I liked it. I like to keep you on your toes. Yeah. But speaking of being on our toes, giant frog boss shaman. Yay! We're already at the boss of the Eastern Palace. Um It was uh Big frog. This big old frog. It actually starts off by, like, legit eating one of those cat priest people. Yeah. And it's like, oh, as if I didn't have enough reason I to, like, not like you. <laughs> I eat cat priests for breakfast. Literally. It's like his Wheaties or something. <laughs> it's, his, it's the Wheaties of assholes. Um, so, it, the frog priest is actually pretty simple once you understand the pattern. Um, mm -hmm. so it throws giant exploding potions at you, it'll spawn giant, or exploding plants, and then it explosively slams its fists into you if you get too close. Yeah. So. So just, you know, dodge. Just dodge. Dash away. Yeah, dodge and dash. Dip, duck, dive, dodge, and, wait, shit. <laughs> dodge, dip, <laughs> duck, dive, and dodge. <laughs> Five days of dodgeball. Nice. I think you said dodge twice. I, that was the point. Okay. <laughs> Haven't you seen that movie? Yeah, is that, I think I recall that being part of the movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> dip, duck, dive, dodge. Dodge, dip, duck, dive, and dodge. I think you said dodge <laughs> yeah. twice. Because it's important. <laughs> um, yeah. But funnily enough, this boss can be really easily cheesed. Um. Yeah. I said before it throws out exploding plants, but if the exploding plants detonate near the near the toad, it actually just stuns them, and you can get like a ton of free hits in. Just wail away. Exactly, yeah. and the th you don't even need that. Like you you can get him pretty easily without that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like he moves pretty slowly, but like yeah. here's how this kind of plays out. Um, he shoots out these exploding plants two at a time. You it comes towards you. You slash one of them, they explode, while at the same time, the frog is jumping towards you, which already is basically jumping into the bomb because you're already next to the bomb, and then yeah. it'll explode underneath them. And then it's like <laughs> it's like a game of like it's it's easy almost to like bait this frog into stunning itself. Yeah. Just by virtue of how the AI is set up. Mm -hmm. So it's almost maybe, too easy? Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's supposed to be like the first boss that you that you go to. I don't know. But like never eat soggy waffles, man. Never. Northeast, southwest. I thought that's how... Whatever. Yeah. But I guess that, that makes sense. I guess that's the beauty of this kind of game. They just want you to go in whatever order it feels, feels comfortable. Yeah, you could do whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Like Mega Man. Like Mega Man. Yes. Um, Megaman. But very much unlike Megaman, um, when this boss dies, it, it has its stomach contents ripped out and it passes out into the pool of its own blood. <laughs> yes. I, I actually enjoyed that. It was part. really visceral. It's a nice touch. It was a nice touch. It was, yeah, like, holy, like, it's. I mean, stomach, uh, like, like, stomach lining came out and intestines. It all over you. It was just, like, gore on you. 
Mm-hmm. It is brutal. That's like a Mortal Kombat finisher. Yeah. Um, but as you actually, a little minor detail actually, after you take down the boss here, um, when you're exploring around, because there's some stuff that you drop that you can pick up, when you're mm-hmm. exploring around the dead body, it deliberately slows down your movement while searching around the giant dead frog. Yeah. So it feels like you're actually yes. like maneuvering like, oh, get this frog off me. Like, oh, I found like an upgrade token, but right. is it worth it? I'm covered in frog juice. <laughs> uh, it's so gross. Um, it would be even worse if they put in like a sound effect, like squishing, like a squishy uh, sound effect. Like, that would have totally like Paul, what kind of sound effect would you put for this? Ugh. Ugh. That's gross. I can't even, ugh, I couldn't even fathom that sound effect. What did you, ugh. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine. How did you even, how do you even think of that? You monster. Ugh. All right, I'm sorry you guys had to hear that. Yeah, because we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But as you go, as you finish up, like, desecrating the corpse of this giant dead frog, you get a shotgun. (laughs) Because because originality when it comes to guns is hard. (laughs) A handgun. Yeah. You, so your weapon arsenal is a handgun, a sniper rifle, and a shotgun. The three most common mm-hmm. weapons in any shooter ever. Yeah. Uh, I think, like, that's the thing. People are going to come in and be like, what? Like, there's only so many different types of guns you can choose. No. You know what? If you're creative enough, you can come up with guns, like, stupid guns. Like, there's a gun yeah. in Red Faction Gorilla where it's a unicorn that shits out rainbows. <laughs> There's a gun in Saints Row 4 that shoots dubstep. <laughs> like, don't give yeah, okay, me... but that's not this kind of game. But don't give me that shit. Like, there can be very yeah. incredibly creative guns. Yeah, like magic or something, or fire. Yeah, or it shoots a giant fireball or something. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I think... I think there's a lot more ways you could be creative. I mean, fair enough. Mm. We're still in the beginning phases. Maybe later down the line they have crazier ones. Um, I'm could I'm going to hold off judgment till the end of the game there. <laughs> or maybe they just want to like show that it's actually like human or and it's like a weird thing. I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. You don't know. I thought you knew everything, know. Joey. Like come I knew everything but this. Ugh. God damn it, I trusted you. I trusted that you knew everything. Anyway. Okay, let's move on. Um, you end up fighting the fourth area cube pretty quick after this fight. And actually it has another similar style of cutscene montage as before. Where it shows pretty mm-hmm. much everything from the beginning. Like the city being destroyed. You walking into the, the gateway. Being slightly consumed by darkness. The only difference between this one and that one is the way the blackness interacts with you initially. The first time, it just outright crushed you. This mm-hmm. second time, it actually disappeared and like uh, cut cut you down invisibly. Like right. it looks like it's like stabbing you with some unseen force. Yeah, yeah. So it's scary. It's yeah, it's interesting. 
Because I thought, like, initially, it was like, oh, the blackness again is going to do that thing that smashes me. It actually just disappeared and, like, like attacked me and, like, took 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 me down. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, but then after you have this little flashback, you are uh, trekking back through to the main section area. Um, it, and it's funny, actually, the initial dun- the initial tunnel that you took to get to the Eastern Palace um, is completely dark, um, even though there's still fire uh, kind of moving around in the glass cube that you'd saw before, seen before. Right. So yeah. that's kind of interesting. <laughs> there's fire, but it's not giving off any light. Right. Ooh. Mm, maybe that's another thing you got to keep in mind here. Um, but yeah, even the introductory area to the Eastern Palace has changed a lot, actually, after we leave it. Um, there's a sea of red fog beneath the platforms. Uh, there's a, obviously mm. piles of skeletons in there. Uh, but there's also just piles of skeletons outside it, too. Like, what the hell yeah. happened in the time that you first entered until you left? Yeah, things are changing quickly. Yeah, what the heck just happened? Like, it's craziness. I, I mean, like, again, that's this whole beauty of environmental storytelling here. Because we're all just like, what the fuck happened? What? You have to play this game twice, I think, to, act, to understand it. Or you can just listen to this podcast, because we're just going to talk about what right. happened in the East Zone yeah. right now on another Internet yeah. Backstory. Internet Backstory. Ooh, good that, segue. See, that was a good segue. There, there you go. All right, in the East Zone... Uh, the old homeland of the Otter people. Uh, the Otter prisoner in the old church confirms this story. Uh, an isolated people, fearful and obsessed. Offering of a great cleansing flame. A poisoned, maddened homeland. Fragile balance, scorched, undone. So let's break that down. Uh, the monoliths in the east tell us the toad race that invaded the lake. And their leader, the emperor... Uh, he promised power and freedom to the Toads in exchange for their obedience and devotion. Uh, the East Zone is also filled with pink-colored fire. Uh, it is believed that this could be the mining and refining process of the pink energy source, a.k.a. the offering of great cleansing flame. Uh, the Toads attacked and enslaved the otters living in the ruined city, enslaving many but killing many more. Uh, those who have been to the Eastern Zone know of the pile of corpses littered around or thrown into the uh, water of the lake, a.k.a. a poisoned, maddened homeland. Uh, the Emperor is even chewing on a corpse when the Drifter Fruits meets him, as we mentioned before. Uh, by killing the otters, the toads have upset the balance and doomed the peace that could have arisen in the East, a fragile balance scorched and undone. However, a few otters remain hiding out in the church in the center of the eastern city. Uh, you see the first titan's resting spot. Uh, the otter people managed to defeat the titan many centuries past, and it lies dead and lifeless in the middle of their town. Ooh. And that isn't good internet backstory. Internet backstory. And I think actually that's where we're going to end it right now because we're back in the center square and we have defeated yeah. the north and east bosses. And I think next yeah. week we'll move on to the south. Good stuff. Does that sound fair? 
That sounds perfect. Okay, great. Until then, I think we're in a call here. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yes. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed my very calm voice. Because I keep forgetting Indeed. that I'm in this room sometimes. <laughs> and I need to keep my voice at a minimum. But thank you guys so much. I hope this sounded just as good to you guys. Um, if you want to help us out, we really appreciate it. Just tell your friends about us. That's the best way to let this podcast yes. grow. Um, let us know if you like Zach's calm voice. Do you like my calm voice? Ooh. No, not your creepy voice. <laughs> You're right. Sorry, I switched it. Um, but again, if you have questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, or you just want to reach out and say hi, we have so many different ways. Honestly, the best and easiest thing I can tell you to do is Google us. Like, type in, it's the extreme, all one word, and you will find all of our shit. Our Twitch, our Twitter, our Facebook, our Instagram, anything that is related to us, that's how you find us. So, Gotta love Google. on Google, I-T-S-T-H-E-X-S-T-R-E-A-M, all one word, and you will find us. So you don't even need to worry about it. Yes. All you need to remember is Google, it's the extreme. Or if you want to email us directly, it's still it's the extreme at gmail.com. Same spelling. Don't forget to write it down. Do not forget to write that down. And I do not have a good outro for this clip because I think I need to be going now. You can't see it, but wow. I'm I'm shifting my eyes back and forth. Like that dog in the Simpsons. <laughs> Nobody trusts a shifty eyed dog. No. Yeah, man, I wonder if the Anubis is going to be a shifty-eyed dog. Oh, it's, shit. It zooms in and its eyes are shifting it's... everywhere. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Never Sleeps Network.